Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. There we go. Ben! Hi. How's your legs? Uh, my body is disgusting. <laughs> your body? Your whole body is disgusting? What's going on yeah, with Yeah, mostly body? just the left leg. It's bruised up and down. Like yeah. I was expecting bruising on the knee, obviously, where the operation was done. But mm-hmm. my whole thigh is bruised and my foot is all swollen and Mother of pearl. bruised. Like my toes are all purple and it's oh, Jesus. gross. Yeah, I can send you a picture if you want. Nope, I really don't want that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> have to see that. So, holy crap! So, is all this normal, or are you getting gangrene? I mean, it looks like they should amputate it, but the healthcare providers, I I ask everybody, and they said, "Ah, eh, no, that's fine. That's normal." All right, fine. Part of part of the healing process. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. It's just God's process. You should respect it. Well, that's fun. Uh, what's your life been like since you spent the last week just sitting around the house? Do you have any exciting stories to tell that aren't knee-related? Uh, no. I didn't think so. Because, yeah, I, I got to get out of the house, I think, is the main thing. I, uh, I found myself last night, I think I was pretty close to impulse buying a new car online last night just because I'm <laughs> bored. <laughs> so that that's been my week <laughs> spending too much time with myself is that that one service where they'll actually come and deliver it to your home or whatever yeah because like all i do is sit around and read and watch streaming crap and i, I keep seeing this ad for that service that you mentioned i'm like eh, yeah i'll go check that out and i was shopping for cars last night so oh, look at you I've, I, uh, I did not buy one because I don't really need a car that bad. No, I didn't. I didn't assume it's, it's you would. It's a, a troubling sign. That's my mental state right now. Is like I've barely left the house for the last week. I'm very lonely and I'm entertaining <laughs> myself by almost like impulse buying a car. I love that you threw in the "I'm very lonely." <laughs> yeah. That's the story, Ben. Uh, yeah. Speaking of ads, um, I've been making a point for some reason of just like. Ending my weekend nights where I'll watch a movie. So my theme is kind of old horror movies, uh, more psychological, like trying to find psychological horror kind of movies, not gruesome or jump scares or whatever. And uh, it's kind of hard, but I've got a small list I've built. And um, so one of them was on a different service I've never heard of. I forgot what it's called. But I downloaded the app and I was watching the movie on there. But the problem, and it's free, so the problem is there's ads in the middle of it. And there's a ton of ads, like, throughout the entire movie. And one of the ads that keeps coming up, which was just amazing to me, is one from the Trump campaign. And it has no messaging, no overlay of a a narrator, nothing. Nothing to guide you through the point they're trying to make. I'm not exactly... I find it odd that you're getting served that ad. What's that? They're... I find it odd that you are getting served that ad. It seems like their algorithm must not be very sophisticated. If well, I don't think that they know who that, I am. Like, I'm brand new and I just downloaded the app and am watching you, this movie for the first time. You're not brand new to the internet, though. They, they know who you are. Well, I guess that's probably a good point. Um, well, I mean, the ads are all over the place, like geriatric drugs of some sort to help you run along the beach and not shit yourself. And then also this Trump ad. Um 
it, so I'm not exaggerating. It literally shows footage of like a riot. I don't know what riots were like a building's burning. And then ghosted over the top of that is a horribly cut loop of Kamala Harris laughing. And like they try to make it seem like it's hysterical laughing. And then over the top of that, uh, so it's not transparent, it's just full-blown image, is of uh, Biden just sitting there, not doing anything, not saying anything, just sitting like on a stool, like basically waiting to be interviewed or something. And he must have been against a green screen or something. And it's so choppy and horribly done that you can see the edge of the video footage of where Joe Biden must have been sitting too far to like the right side of the screen. So you can actually see like the cut out edge of the right side of the screen where they tried to slide him in towards the center of this video. Is this ad from the official Trump campaign or is it from some pack that's supporting him? Like that's the thing. It's so, so horribly done. Like it looks like a joke that Tim and Eric would have done from Tim and Eric awesome show. Like it's just so horribly done. It's the footage of the riot, Kamala Harris laughing and then Joe Biden just sitting there. And then at some point, Joe Biden gets up and walks off. And then the commercial ends. And it says this, uh, it has Donald Trump's voice saying, I support this, whatever. Like, you know, how they have to officially say oh, they support certain yeah. commercials. Uh-huh. It's got his voice doing that. I've seen it three times while trying to watch that movie. And I was like, what the heck? This is like the shittiest. <laughs> I've never seen a horrible campaign ad in my entire life as bad as this. I'm going to have to try and see if I can send it to you. It is so, so bad. But if you yeah. send that to me, I'm sending you a picture of my foot. Um, yeah, I don't know how to get out of that triangle. Well, dang it. I was hoping I could still send it to you anyways, but then you're just going to give me a picture of your foot, and I'm going to have to look at it every time I try to text you. Fine, you win. But it is worth seeing. It is so amazingly bad. Uh, maybe I'll put a link to it in the show notes if I can find it. But, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll take that link out of the show notes if you do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's my commercial experience. Yours, the commercial actually worked, and it talked you into possibly almost buying a car. Yes. What stopped you? Well, I don't actually need a car. I I just, I I stopped myself and realized, so I'm just doing this because I'm kind of bored. No, all right, fine. And lonely. (laughs) <laughs> and and I don't think the, a car is going to give me the type of companionship that I crave right now. Ah, no, it's not. Not unless it's got some sort of voice-activated thing where you can have a conversation with it. Uh, do you ever think about getting yourself uh, like an Alexa or something? As a companion? Yeah. Like, they'll tell no, you I've, jokes if you ask it to tell a joke. I don't think that's a good idea. All right, fine. Well, in any case, beyond almost buying a car, anything else new in your small, tiny, tiny, little, quiet, lonely world? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nothing going on for me either. Uh, A lot of house cleaning this weekend, and that's pretty much it. I had an opportunity to get together with some friends, and I thought, ugh, I just don't want to have to deal with the... going out, being around people. They don't really respect the rules, so they get in real close and touch your stuff and whatever. I just want to be germ-free and not worry about it, so I skipped it. So I'm spending the entire, what is this, Labor Day uh, weekend in the house by myself, not doing anything fun. Except for this, right? Except for this. I've been looking forward to this because it's the only thing I've got going on for my weekend, besides watching... Horrible commercials that come with free streaming services. All right, what does Gretchen have to say? 
what, what's this segment called? Is it back to backyard bird blurbs? Backyard blast bird blurb. No, that's right. Yeah, get it right. Summer's uh, almost yeah. over. Does she have a new theme for fall and winter backyard no. bird blurbs? I'm sure. The, the yard doesn't go anywhere. The yard is still there in the winter. Uh, you know, it's something about backyard blast just screams summer fun. Uh, you expand your horizons. You can have fun in the winter. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, what's Gretchen got for us? We'll talk about a very familiar backyard bird, the northern cardinal. The name comes from the Latin word cardinalis, which means important. <laughs> they are very territorial in the spring and will fight their own reflection in a window. You can hear their territorial call in the spring, which sounds like, what a cheer, cheer, cheer. Okay, I think she put that in there just so I'd have to say that. Fuck you, Mom. <laughs> can you do it again? Nope. <laughs> The male will feed the female during courtship, which I've seen at my own feeder. It's really cute. Okay, that's my mom talking, by the way, not me. I don't even have a feeder. I don't have a backyard. I live in a, a lonely apartment in South Minneapolis. <laughs> I get it, the lonely. Uh, I love that it feeds the, the female, much like Christian Grey would do. Uh, the male will feed the young of the first brood by himself while the female builds a second nest. <laughs> <laughs> he kicks her out and she's got to get her own home. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on there. Gretchen, we're going to need some clarification on that. What? Why is there a second nest? What's going on here? Yeah, just like Christian Gray gives her her own room that she needs to occupy until he calls her. The Cardinal, to which translates he, to very important, is much like the book we read. Yeah, she also sent a joke, which I'm reluctant to even. I don't know why I'm mentioning this. I shouldn't read this. Nah, you're going to read it. Did you hear about the two peanuts in the park? <laughs> One was assaulted. <laughs> first, first of all, I've, I've heard that one before. It's, oh, I, think, I think they were in the, on the subway the last time I heard that joke, not the park, but uh, yeah. That's hilarious. Thanks, yep, that's good. Well, again, another. it's got an adorable setup. Two peanuts sitting in the park, which is just adorable right there. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I wish I had more to say about my week. I don't have anything else to say, really. Oh, my work was hell on earth. It's what put me in such a bad mood in the last recording that we did uh, that you were telling jokes and I was just not even catching them. I just wanted to, like, get through the show and then go cry in a corner. So my week never got uh, any better, and I spent the entire time um, super angry and frustrated, and I had people... So I was supposed to have Friday off because it's my last day of furlough. Um, yeah. And they called me in. Like, another person, the head of another team, just said, oh, yeah, to this one contractor who needed to have questions answered. He goes, oh, yeah, just ask Glenn. Glenn will walk you through it. And then the contractor's like, he's on furlough. He's like, yeah, just tell him we need him to do this. And so the guy reached out to me. And I'm like, you're kidding me. So I had to spend an hour and a half walking this guy through something. I'm like, okay, well, my day is not completely shot, so I still have stuff. So do you get paid? Do you get paid for that then or what? Um, I'm going to. I told my manager, okay. yeah, I'm basically going to move my furlough to a different day because this is ridiculous. Like, I'm yeah. not getting any time. You know, if I have to take this time, then it's like I want to use it. And if I'm not going to be able to use it, then I'm starting over in a different day. Uh, but then my manager was getting all fussy because my manager is like, how come we don't have any documentation for this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And so then she was getting all pissy. And then other people were like dragging me into more meetings throughout the day to talk about stuff that I can't answer. And, uh, and it was just the whole day was frustrating. And so by the end of the day, uh, on Friday, 
I was just like, I just reached out to one of my coworkers and just dumped on him. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, I'm sorry, that's horrible. And that was kind of it. So I've been basically still recuperating from my horrible, horrible week. But uh, that's the reason why I was missing your jokes on the last episode. I was just so pissed off. Yeah. I just wanted to get through the show. Are you at the point where you're like going to start looking elsewhere? Or how bad is it there? Um, it's only as bad as the people from the other departments are kind of not the greatest at their job and aren't completely knowledgeable. So they just keep looking to me and my coworker uh, to fix their problems when most of the time it isn't a problem that we can fix. So that's kind of a convoluted way of saying that. But, and then the other one is my manager also has no idea about what we do or how things work or anything. So she will just randomly get pissed off because she's just mad that something's not working right. And that's it. Like, so she'll just start taking her anger out just because she's frustrated in general that something's not working and it's making her look bad. You know, that's all she cares about. So those things are kind of annoying, uh, but not enough where I want to pick up and leave because the work I'm doing is totally new career path for me. And I want to stay in it for a while so that if I do look for a new job, I can do it in the same career thing. Yeah. And, gotcha. uh, so it's not bad enough where I want to pick up and leave, but if it's just me on my own and my other coworkers out, uh, life can be pretty bad. So just have to <laughs> be prepared for that, I guess. But yeah, so anyways, sorry, I was editing the show and I was hearing you crack a joke that I just totally flew by and yeah. Well, you maybe just didn't hear it because you're wearing the Bluetooth headphones too. I don't know. Oh yeah, I know. There was a huge delay that I had to spend all night trying to edit out the delays <laughs> as much as possible so people didn't have to listen to it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, but in other news, uh, on our website, um, people from China are just flocking to our website, Ben. All right. See, I've been a little uh, lax in looking at the stats and stuff. So let's just say Sorry. that nuzzlehouse.com, uh, a premier website where you can find a central location for all of our news and information, uh, is cleaning up in Beijing. Oh. <laughs> uh. Wow, six users over the last seven days <laughs> yep, with a total it. of nine sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, at session duration, though, over three minutes, that's pretty good. Yeah, someone in Beijing is really, really into our site, and I'm not sure if it's for malicious reasons or if it's just an English-speaking person in Beijing who's a little homesick and actually wants to listen to our show. Yeah, my, yeah, traffic, <laughs> traffic source from, like, Baidu. <laughs> Which is a Chinese search engine? Yeah, I think it is. I'm not sure. Or is that the social network? I'm not sure. Well, it's a Chinese one, right? Yeah, I suspect. I don't um, know. Yeah, internet search and online marketing solutions. Um, wow. We should start appealing more to the people of uh, Beijing, like more topical things related to them. <laughs> by, by the people of Beijing, you mean the person of Beijing. That's <laughs> there's, there's not more than one. Well, apparently there's an untapped market there that you and I are not tapping, uh, and we should start tapping. Of course, now we got to start finding out what, is, what topics are okay for us to talk about uh, with China. Uh, that won't wind up getting filtered or blocked. So, well, I mean, yeah, we certainly can't say that Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. You know, that's <laughs> no. that's not allowed. So, stay away from that one. Which is not a conclusion I would have ever come to on my own, except that once I started seeing that that's a thing people make fun of him for, I'm like, that's all I see now is his face does look like Winnie the Pooh's face. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. So we're still recording. Great. 
Okay. <laughs> well, that just killed our entire flow about uh, you know our marketing to Beijing um, because uh, the the app just crapped out Logic Pro for no reason. So that's we've been having problems with this all day. I, I don't know. Do you think that was a directed attack from Beijing because they oh. heard us talking about Winnie the Pooh and they. Apple makes most of their stuff in China. They probably made Logic Pro in China. If you say Winnie the Pooh, maybe the app craps out. Let's find out if it happens right now. Nope, we're still running. Well, it kills that theory. I mean, do you just have to say Winnie the Pooh in the same sentence as Xi Jinping? <laughs> no, we're no, still running. Okay. I wonder okay. what the magic right. combination is. China, China, Winnie the Pooh, Beijing. What's the magic combination of words to get the app to shut down on us? I, I don't know. Well, we'll never find out until the next time it craps out on us. Yeah. Well, all right. I think we've uh, covered a lot of crap. Uh, Let's dive into the show. Okay. Ben. Uh Uh-huh. I have taken no notes at all, not even broken down by chapters, because nothing is happening from chapter to chapter. I hate everything I'm reading where I don't want to put in the effort to write anything down. Uh, And that's it. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do in this episode because I'm angry at the book and I kind of don't want to talk about a book. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bad book we're not reading the other two this book is so dumb oh, god no and how unsatisfying was the conclusion you know the conclusion is probably the only part that i was like oh look at that for one brief shining moment it tried to be a real story um because uh at the very yeah, but it just left everything unresolved though, oh absolutely at the same time it's yeah. just anyway should we not Oh no! I mean, there's, uh, there's no chapter breakdown. I don't. We're just going to well, have I a mean, conversation. I, I can try and steer that. I I do have some limited notes. So I can, oh, do you? Okay, because I I, I could try to do that. All I know is that like the la- the previous episode that we did, it ended with her being on the plane. She's been upgraded to first class because Christian's controlling. She's going to fly out to see her mom. Then the first chapter we read on this episode, uh, what is it, twenty two or whatever? Uh, yeah. It's like she meets her mom and the the new dad, and she can't stop crying. And they're like, why are you crying? She's like, I'm just so happy to see you. <laughs> it's just, but she's like so miserable and unhappy that she's crying and stuff. And that's kind of yeah. all I know. Then like not a whole lot happens. Christian shows up so and floats I, I around. So I shared that article with you from The Guardian about um, yes. Twilight. Mm-hmm. And I've been so focused on the word grin, I've missed apparently murmur is the other word that gets overused. And then uh, yeah. I was here in Fifty Shades on the, the first page I read as we resumed uh, the word murmur is there. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, you want to know how many times murmur is in this book? Sure. 199 times. In this book or in the trilogy? Uh, no, this time I looked it up. I went to a different site because I'm like, I want to know. I'm, I was like, I was getting so fucking tired of hearing or reading her say, oh my, during sex. Because she wouldn't just do it I, once during no. sex. It's like a fun little punchline or catchphrase. And I know like, you're listening to this, but in print it's, oh my, is always in italics too. Is that? Uh, yeah. No, I was going back and forth between reading and listening. Like I had housework to do and I'm like, I really don't want to like 
take a chunk out of my day to just sit and read this. Like I'll listen to it on the audiobook while I'm doing house stuff. And then at the end of the night, I'll just read the rest of it and whatever. But, but yeah, she, she says, oh my, all the time. And she says, geez, a lot too. Oh, geez. I know. So the G just reminds me of Rick and Morty. She sounds like Morty. Oh, geez, Rick. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, at first, like in the first couple chapters where she finally like gets hit on by Christian or whatever, she'd say, oh my, or she'd say, geez, or crap and double crap. And I'm like, okay, she's trying to paint her as being super innocent and naive and like a Pollyanna. Great. I get it. But it's, it's constantly being rifled at you through every single chapter of this book. She's always saying, oh my, every single sexual interaction she has, even when she's an old hand at being tied up. She's like, oh my, as if it's just like, this is more. I, she says, oh my, 72 times. And she says, geez, 81 <laughs> times in this book. So I wanted to know what the number count was because I was getting so fucking tired of reading, oh my, in the middle of a sex scene that I'm just like, I got to know how many times it's in this book and this book alone. And so I looked it up on the internet. Every single website. Did you get a, did you get a grin count too? Uh. I can't believe there was 199 murmurs. That seems like a nah, lot. See, we got smirks. Oh, yeah, 124 grins. Oh, and also the other thing I can't <laughs> stand, she's constantly frowning. So she'll be on yeah. the airplane, and then she'll, like, open up her BlackBerry, and then she'll frown. Like, it's, she's frowning for no reason, and it's constantly. So weirdly enough, there's 124 grins in this book and 124 frowns equally. <laughs> oh, I kinda, that's kind of nice. The balance there, I kind of like that. Freaking drives me crazy. So that's the reason why I looked this up. I'm like, I got to see how many times Oh My shows up in this book. It's driving me nuts. So there's a bunch how, of websites that... How many times does she bite her lip? Uh, You know, I don't have biting her lip, they do have that she blushes or flushes 125 times. 13 of those are scarlet, 6 of them are crimson, and one of them is stars and stripes red. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember reading that in the book. I don't either. Maybe it was in one of the fucking emails that I skimmed over because that this book could have been half the length if they just cut out the stupid emails. Oh my god. I mean, the, the first chapter that we read, it ends, the chapter ends with just like half the chapter being more fucking emails. It was driving me crazy. That's when I was just like, I give up. I'm not taking a goddamn notes. I'm sick of this. Anyways, the reason why I looked up the word count is because I wanted to see how many times Oh My was in there. And every single website that has word counts of it, they always preface it by saying that this book was so miserable to read. It's not even bad in a fun way like Twilight. It's just bad where it's frustrating and painful and you're not yes. happy. And yeah. I was like, I'm glad somebody else is pointing this out because I don't... And just to be clear, Twilight isn't exactly bad in a fun way. I don't think that's it's fun to read Twilight, but well, I at think, least there's no, more things fun. to pick out and make fun of. Yeah, that's what makes it just fun. boring and tedious and there's nothing... Yeah. Exactly. And, and I, Twilight is interesting, I guess, in a sense. Well, it's... There's, there's things going on, whereas this is just fucking boring. Yeah, Twilight is uh, annoying in, in, in the way that you can pick out what's just horrible writing, horrible, uh, you know, imagine... Like, she's using her imagination to write, and it's just bad. And at least that's can keep your interest. I mean, there's pages and pages of just boring shit about his hair being wet and how hot Edward looks and stuff. But at least there's something to to, to hit you. We're like, oh my God, that's so bad. And then you can, you know, 
make fun of it. This, there's none of that. It's just repetitive hammering of catchphrases and nothing happening all the way to the end. It just drove me nuts. So anyways, they all say the same thing, and I was kind of happy to read that. Uh, Also, the words intense, body-shattering, delicious, violent, all-consuming, turbulent, agonizing, and exhausting are used to describe her orgasms through the book. Okay. (laughs) Well, at least there's some variety there. Yeah, I mean, at least it's not all negative, like violent and turbulent and agonizing and exhausting. Anyway, so yeah, she gets off the plane. uh, She's frowned at some stuff on the plane. Then she meets her parents. Well, because... Christian upgraded her to first class, so yeah. that was kind of nice. Yeah, uh, and you know, at first she hated it, but then she uh, she just loved it. Yeah, we get to learn about her dad because she had a champagne cocktail on the plane. Yeah, and did she really get massaged, or is she just making that up to make Christian angry? I, I don't know, and I don't care because I don't remember her. I don't remember. I even went back a chapter towards the end just to see, like, did she go to like the like the special lobby? She, she was in the lounge in the first class lounge, so she might have. Yeah. I'm not about to go back and try and find it, but I know it's. I I actually looked. I'm like, I don't see any reference to a massage. But then the next chapter, she's saying like, yeah, and I got a massage from this guy just because she wants to make Christian like jealous, like as a jokey way. And then, of course, she regrets it because he gets angry for real. Anyways, but we learn about her dad. Her dad died in a training exercise uh, when he was deployed to some military. And uh, and that mom has never been able to find anybody since. And I was like, oh, well, that's a little twist. Uh, so now mom is juggling boyfriends trying to find the perfect man like her dead husband. Well, and her mom is giving her relationship advice. And uh, Anna's thought is... Well, she's on her fourth marriage. Maybe she does know something about men after all. I thought the same thing. Which I think says <laughs> completely the opposite. I know. Absolutely. I was like, no, that's somebody you don't trust because she can't make anything work. But at least it's described as it's not working because the mom is holding all these other men up to the, the, on the Standard pedestal. Of the yeah, person. exactly. Yeah. So at least then it's not just completely silly like uh, uh, Bella's mom is just with a weirdo who's like you know, like the minor leagues baseball and whatever. I don't know. So I was a little surprised by that. I'm like, oh, look at that. She actually wrote something. Like, it's not good, but at least it's the bare minimum of having a story. Uh, good for her. Um, and then what? She, like, stays with them. They talk about relationship shit for a while. Then do, do they go yeah. out to eat at a restaurant, and then Christian's, like, messaging yeah, they, her. Yeah, they, they go to the beach, and they go back and have lunch at the house or whatever and then they go out to the fancy hotel Anna does with her mom yeah and of course Christian's there yeah and was he emailing her was that I think that was another round of emails I kept skipping yeah it might have been the next day or something that he showed up I I don't know he showed up at the restaurant I remember that might have been the second day that she was in Georgia with her mom I don't know anyway he showed up there at the hotel restaurant Mm -hmm. and for some reason Anna's surprised I don't know why she would be I know it's also surprised that Christian knows her mom's name. Like, of course he knows that. He's a fucking stalker and he knows everything I know, about her. Literally tracking you on your phone and you're surprised that he knows mom's name. Yeah. Information you can get on the internet, which exists in this story. You can just go get that information anytime. But anyway, how creepy and stalkerish is it? Like, just because this guy has the means to cop on a private jet and go to Georgia, is it supposed to be romantic or something? Like, this is such stalkery behavior where he's... He gets one email from her that he doesn't like the tone of, so he flies across the country exactly. to talk to her. Sit. I know, and exactly. It, it's like sweet or something. I, I don't know. What's, oh, he's so devoted to her. I, is it that, or is it that it's like the excitement that he's being dominating? As far as BDSM goes, 
I always would figure that you like the fact that this person is being dominant in the bedroom and whatever fantasies play out there. But to have someone constantly stalking you and trying to control you on a day-to-day basis every moment of your day, that doesn't seem like... Yeah, that's just an abusive relationship. Exactly. That doesn't seem like that's part of the fantasy of BDSM. Or maybe it is. I'm ignorant. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like... Well, we should be ignorant at this point. We read Belong to Me by Shayla Black. (laughs) And now we're reading this. We're undercover agents. (laughs) Yeah, I think we have a pretty well-rounded view of what the BDSM community is like. I suppose you're right. I know. Belong to Me was really the... It's it's kind of the Bible for me when it comes to BDSM culture. (laughs) Yeah, what was that? Number five in the Forbidden Lovers series or something? What was (laughs) that? I forgot now. Yeah, but um, so he shows up. Um, were they emailing, by the way? Because I was thinking, like, why aren't they just texting? She well, has. They're a, always emailing. Yeah. Why? Why don't they have? I mean, she has a BlackBerry, and Apple phones exist. And I know that back in 2011, I was texting people. So why aren't they texting? Yeah, I don't know. There's only there was only a couple of texts in the book, even though they made a big point that she had this BlackBerry. But no, it's all emails. It's all these tedious emails yeah. with. Like, am I supposed to read the fucking subject line to every email? Because it changes oh. every time. It, that's part of their clever, witty banter back and I, forth. Yeah, it's like, exactly. look at this uh, subtle dig I'm taking at you with the subject line, this email, huh? And yeah, then it's he'll like, respond yeah, with his own oh, yeah. subject line change. And it's, yeah, it's fucking frustrating. And also, I'm sorry, I, I just got to back up. Uh, Belong to Me was number five in the Wicked Lovers series. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, Wicked Lover series. Back when he he dumped her in high school to save her life, and she knows this as an adult and still gets mad and holds it against him that he dumped her in high school to save her life. Now that she's in her, like, (laughs) mid-20s. In in hindsight, how much more enjoyable and fun was that book to read compared to this garbage that we read? Oh, it was way better. And nothing. I think out of all the books we read that we get to make fun of, uh, Double Dirty Mountain Men is... At the height. We should maybe revisit another work by that same author sometime in the future because that was... I think, was it Double Dirty Royals, one of them? It was like a <laughs> Double Dirty Mountain Men, but with, with like royalty. Royalty, like two princes? <laughs> I think that's what's implied there. Yeah, maybe we should make that uh, make that one what we read because um, that was one I actually laughed my entire way through reading it and laughed about making the episode. So uh, maybe we need to go back to something as relaxing as that. Uh, no, in this case, so they're emailing, and then at some point he says, like, wow, you must be kind of drunk. You're getting pretty, you know, snotty or something. Like, you're being very independent-minded right now. And and she's like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? He's like, well, how many more mimosas are you going to have or whatever she was drinking? And then she's like, Cosmos. oh. Cosmos. She was drinking Cosmos. Oh, Cosmos. And she's like, oh, my God, mimosas, is he here? brunch. It was night. Come on. All right, fine. I don't know what the, I don't even, When do you drink a mimosa? I don't freaking know. brunch, I just told you. It's champagne and orange juice. You can't drink that at night? No, you drink Coswell's at night. <laughs> I don't understand the sophisticated alcohol culture that you've clearly have been a part of for a long time and never mentioned till now. What do you mean never mentioned? You know I'm a proud graduate of the Minnesota School of Bartending. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. Do they actually say that in classes? Like, never serve a mimosa past six or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're like in the middle of making one, and they're like, what are you doing? They slap it out of your hands. <laughs> That's probably the reason why you reacted so hard, because you have your own trauma around that. Um, well, it's just ridiculous. I can't believe you'd even suggest that. <laughs> so he, uh, I don't know. Then I mean, that's kind of it. Then it's like they go back to his hotel or something in Georgia and have more sex. And then, like, I don't even remember when she left mom's or how and that then ended. And go on a glider. Yeah, because they got to chase the sun. 
And I'm like, wait, is this like another thing? Was like, we're gonna chase the sun, like we're gonna get in a helicopter and fly towards the sunrise and just fuck or something. But no, suddenly it's a glider for no reason. And, yeah. Uh, and oh my. I, yeah. Oh my. And oh, she frowned when she didn't know where they were going. And uh, oh yeah, but also listening to the audiobook for any of this, like when I was doing yard work and stuff, when the emails kicked in, the narrator would read the subject lines and the times. Like 7.24 p.m., blah, 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 and like the subject line. And oh, my God, it was so frustrating. Yep. But uh, then what happens? I mean, these are things that don't matter. They glide. At some point, they get back to Seattle. Um, Yeah. My note from Chapter 24 was just, this is so boring. Yes. It's not romantic. The banter is not entertaining, not creative. You don't wish that you knew them or hung out with them or anything like people love the show the office because you wish you hung out with those people you identify with them and oh wouldn't it be great if i had people like that that i talked to that's the experience that witty banter and romance movies are supposed to create is that you which but it doesn't i'm, I'm really sick of the office by the way so i, I reactivated my dating apps this week oh because yeah. i was here thinking too when I'm home and everyone alone. in their profiles loves dogs in the office because yeah they all love the office all these women are just a pam searching for her gym like oh my fucking shut god up. uh when you see banter in romance movies it's supposed to be well written enough where you think oh i wish i was like that with the person i'm seeing or you know like i'm totally like that with my work husband or my work wife uh you know like you're supposed to appreciate it and wish that you were there uh this has none of that it's like he'll she'll say like it's all those dumb attempts at being cute or funny which you're like you've got me all tied up in knots and he's like i bet you'd look good tied up in knots and that's like the extent of the creativity in all these emails where you just get tired of like, oh my god, they're setting up for another sex a shitty sex joke. Yep, there it is, I saw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so nuts. So, yeah, and then that goes on for, for frickin' ever. Um I can't even think of anything worth noting in all the chapters that we read on this last part. Uh I just uh, basically the end is pretty much the only thing that Yeah, I, so they eventually go back to Seattle and uh, <laughs> They have sex. There's, I did make notes about their yeah. last sex session. <laughs> and then there's, is there supposed to be some tension building between Anna and Taylor, Christian's assistant chauffeur guy? They, it seemed like they were starting to hint at that a little bit, but oh, then really? that didn't go anywhere, obviously. So Yeah. Well, there's so much, so much hinting going on, like the setup and payoff thing. Nothing's been yeah. paid off, so... Yeah, how do you feel about that? You're making all these predictions the last couple episodes about, oh, I bet you so-and-so. I, I bet you Kate was one of uh, Christian's old subs, and I bet you Mrs. Robinson is actually the doctor. And yeah, and I was like... There was nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing. There was no twist. There was no revelation. It just... I know. And it just decided she wasn't going to sign the contract and left. And that was it. Which makes me think that it's like, I'm trying to after, find... After I had to read the fucking contract again. Why oh, is the contract I know. That's right. in the book again? That's when they decide that they're not going to do the contract it's not necessary they've already got a, a sexual like relationship and there's no reason to do the contract and she's yeah, like and then she's like, well, like she goes what about the rules and he's like the rules and all of a sudden it's like the rules are on the page and i'm like flipping through the pages with the rules and he's crossed some things out and i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah so anyway i know Yes, they're not meant to be. And that's Why? It. I don't know. So then, yeah. Uh, but no, there was a lot of setup and no payoff. Um, 
I was trying to inject meaning into this story where there clearly was never going to be any. Like, her roommate Kate plays a pretty prominent role throughout the story. So, does Kate have her own arc or anything? Like, what's the purpose of seeing Kate and having to talk to Kate and experience Kate so much? Why? What's the point? There's got to be a point. Kate's tied in somehow besides just dating Christian's brother. Um, Or they... Really written book, poorly constructed. There's all Completely this. Completely poorly constructed. So Kate's got no purpose. We keep learning about who she calls Mrs. Robinson, which is her cute name for the rapist, which just becomes her name eventually. Um, so there's a setup there, and you're imagining, okay, there's going to be some foreshadowing or something. Like Where's the hints that she's going to finally meet this woman? Because this woman plays such a big role in all her conversations with Christian. I no guess we'll just have there. to read the next two books, huh? I know. To, and I was, like, I'm not doing that. that no, is, absolutely this. not. None of this is is important enough where I'm going to suffer through another book just to find out if they ever show who Mrs. Robinson is. Does Kate have any purpose? Does the driver have any purpose? Because he's been pulled out and called out enough times in the book as if yeah. he's got some importance to the story. Yeah. It seemed, uh, yeah. So <laughs> do you think that, or maybe I should save this for the, the rap. I don't know. What's that? Do you think this shitty author knew that there was going to be two more books coming or did she just write this book and the publisher said, well, I was selling a lot of copies of this, but you know, this is terrible and you didn't resolve any of these issues. So we're going to need you to write another book. Um, I'm just wondering if like the sequel was planned all along or was just necessary because <clears throat> the ending was so crappy in this book. I think uh, by then, thanks to JK Rowling, um, everyone, it's a fad that, or it's a, a trend or whatever that, I'm completely tired of it, have been tired of for years, is that you can't write one book. You plan on writing like six volumes based on this epic universe you're creating. And Even I, if you've never written a fucking book before, which we get, you and I, we have to stop reading books by first time author. Like <laughs> Stephanie Meyer and E.L. James said, no writing experience and it shows. Oh, I know. And the best part is E.L. James, I mean, I think Stephanie Meyer like may have gone to her Mormon college for writing. I don't know if she majored in it or not, but I think she took some writing or whatever. I'm not sure. I don't know. But um, E.L. James has no experience. Her only study of the art of prose is by reading Stephanie Meyer. That's the reason why so much of this is a blueprint of Stephanie Meyer's writing style. Uh, It's frustrating. But yes, you're absolutely right. No, I think she knew because she wrote this all out as fan fiction uh, to begin with. And then, like, it did so well that she, I think she had a fully fleshed out finished story. And so she just, I think she just awkwardly cut it off. Like, she knew she had, like, three more books coming or two more books coming after this one. When she and decided, I'm sorry, could we stop referring to her as E.L. James and said, go by her preferred pen name of Snow Queen's Ice Dragon? <laughs> I know. Why are we trying to honor her with her full Christian name? Let's get her Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. Well, Snow Queen, uh, she, she, I think she just awkwardly cut it off. She studied history in college, by the way. Okay. Miss Ice Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's horrible. Um, So in the end, they decide they don't need the contract, which is what we've been chasing after these two assholes through the whole book, waiting for that moment to happen because they can't stop talking about it. They can't stop making us read and reread the contract. Uh, I mean, even down to that, it's like, okay, we're not going to sign it. But what about the agreement in the contract? And all of a sudden we're reading the agreement portion of the contract again. And I'm like, why? We just read this twice now. Um, and then so they decide not to do that. Then the big, 
the big thing that I was surprised at, because it's actually something someone writing a real book would do, is show conflict with the characters. Uh, you've got Christian Grey, who loves bondage and stuff, and then you've got uh, Anastasia, who doesn't know anything about it, and she's a virgin and stuff. So to understand the depths of his world, she says, okay, beat me then. Like, I want to see what it's what it's like. Like, what is this side of you you haven't shown me yet? Go ahead and beat me. And he's like, then he gets all creepy, and he's like, okay, and ties her up or something. It's like, all right, now I'm going to hit you with this, like, whip or a belt or something. And he's like, I want you to count it out six times. And that portion where she gets whipped and she counts it out six times and all the pain she's in and the crying she's doing, then she's like, get away from me because she's seeing the monster for what he really is kind of thing. That was something that a real story would have. A real story would have that much earlier on uh, and there'd be a lot more character development around that dynamic, but here you're just getting attacked on at the end. Uh, And because of that, she dumps him at the end of the book and that's it. (laughs) <laughs> yep. and the dumping I was like if this book didn't have any other sequels and this was the end of the story uh, the last 15-20 pages I'd be like oh well that's that's actually a little bit of skill there when it comes to character development and a story that has an ending that is a little bit more realistic to the characters of course all the character development in the whole book only was in that last 15 or 20 pages otherwise there's no reason for Christian to fall in love with her. There's nothing about her that's lovable. There's no reason for her to fall in love with Christian except that he's handsome. Otherwise, there's nothing about him that's lovable. There's nothing to enjoy about these characters. And uh, yeah. only in the last 20 pages, you actually got to see some real character develop right there in front of you. And then that's the end of the book. Uh, we know there's more sequels, so of course they don't break up. Uh, clearly, Mrs. Robinson's going to show up at some point in a future book. Probably not even in the next book. I'm sure she'll drag that one out forever. Uh, but yeah, there's no story arc uh, there's basically nothing to this story, but I, there no. is the final sex scene, which I made some notes on because I said, if this is the last time I have to read one of these sex scenes, I'll actually take the time to make notes. And it actually was worth it for me. All right. More mundane. Yeah. More mundane detail. Uh, at one point on their final night together before he whips her and she leaves, uh, she's giving him a hand job. And uh, the only sexual thing he can say in the moment is, oh, that feels good. (laughs) That was hilarious. Um, He ties her to the bed. And, of course, with her, there's no history. Nothing's ever happened five minutes before anything that happens. Um, She's tied to the bed, and she's wondering, why am I so turned on right now? Because she's had no previous experience, apparently, with having sex with this guy and being tied to the bed or anything. Oh, oh my. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and, and speaking of oh my, uh, George Takai Takay, uh, he reads part of this book and, and reads out the oh my stuff. It's on YouTube. I didn't think it was worth playing on here, but just as a little side okay. note, if you want to hear uh, George Takai say oh my a bunch of times relating to sex, uh, go look on YouTube. Uh, okay. She frowns during sex a ridiculous amount, as if she's got to make a quota. Like the grins and frowns being the same number, she probably realized like oh. Shit, my frowns are not as high as the grins. I gotta squeeze some more in this last chapter. Uh, so she frowns a bunch of times. One being that when he pulls out an iPod, <laughs> which I was cracking up at the idea, it's an iPod that instead of a Bluetooth headset, because uh, maybe it didn't exist then for iPods, it definitely did for iPhones, but 
uh, it's got like a, an attachment that goes into the earplug of the iPod with a giant antenna that comes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's got like, I'm imagining 1970s style headphones, the giant antenna coming out of those too. Like you always see people jogging with in movies from the 70s. Yeah, probably. Uh, so she frowns at that. Uh, then he explains to her, like, you're not going to be able to see or hear what's going on. You'll only feel me. And um, she's like, what do you mean? I, you know, because she's being blindfolded. She's like, but what do you mean not hear? And it's because of this proto wireless Bluetooth headset thing. Um, so she says, oh, my, a bunch of times during the sex. And that's when I finally snap like a twig and start looking up the word counts. Uh, and then my favorite part, and I hope this stood out for you, too. She's being touched, and his hands are super soft. She can't figure out why. It's because he's wearing a fur glove. (laughs) That's fur. Like she's being touched by a Muppet or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's so hot. I just imagine like a super sexy shot of her belly with like shadows and lights going across her navel and stuff and a little bit of beads of sweat, like a total sex scene kind of close-up thing. And then like Fozzie Bear's hand coming up and gently brushing. (laughs) I don't want Fozzie Bear. I want... Because that's brown. That's like too natural. I want a blue, one of the blue characters. Ooh, Grover. Yeah, yeah. Let's get Grover. (laughs) Grover's hand. Yeah. Why the fur glove? What the, where the fuck did that come from? That's not a trope you see in any sex, uh, in anything. The fur glove just made me, I just died laughing when I saw that. (laughs) Um, Then they start playing uh, some Capella song. Uh, it's like, that's on the headphones. Uh, so then he's like, he's like, okay, put these headphones on. And that's why I texted you. Cause she goes, Oh, I hope it's not rap. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> and I wrote you like, I'm so fucking sick of this book. And you're like, save for the show. Uh, so he's like doing gentle whipping to her, like with some sort of soft velvety whip, uh, to the Capella song. Cause I guess he's wearing the same headphones and he's like, as the song reaches its crescendo, he's, being more sexual and whatever and then the song ends and he stops then the song starts again and he starts up because he put the song on repeat (laughs) yeah how how obnoxious would that be if it's like you're having sex with someone and the woman's like like hold on like she's got give it away by the red hot chili peppers playing on her radio (laughs) and then it's like the song stops and in your head you're like oh thank god as you're like making out and all of a sudden it starts in again you're like what can we change the song she's like no i just really like this song (laughs) and uh and so christian he really does love this song because after they're done uh he tells her she goes yeah that was a really beautiful song and he goes yeah i always wanted to fuck to it So between the fur glove, (laughs) which is so abstract, and uh, and then the the song on repeat, the song he's always wanted to fuck to, uh, I thought that was just hilarious. Those are the only notes I took. (laughs) It's just the last final sex scene. Yeah, I think that's enough, though. Yeah. Well, let me do my word count one last time. Okay. G's eighty-one times. Oh my, 72 times. The blushes or flushes, 125 times. 13 are scarlet, 6 are crimson. 1, stars and stripes, red. Uh, Anna peeks up at Christian 13 times. There's 9 references, and this is in the beginning of the book. I remember this. Uh, 9 references to Christian's hooded eyes. Uh, Only 7 to his long index finger. 
which I wish I could look up how many references are to his long fingers in general, because there's definitely more than seven. Uh, Murmur, 199 times. Whisper, 195 times. Clamber, on, in, out of things, 21 times. Smirk, 34 times. 124 grins, and 124 frowns. There you go, Ben. We survived. Yeah, yeah. Let's go on to our wrap-up. Okay. Well, Ben, any kind of insights or messages you want to give to any potential readers of this book? There shouldn't be any potential readers of this book. Don't read this book. <laughs> um, I did pull up on Wikipedia if we're interested. Since we're not reading the next two, I could go over the ridiculous plot of the oh, next yeah, two books definitely. real quick. See if I'm right about any revelations I was trying to pick out earlier. Okay, so um, one thing that we didn't touch on in, in this book that we read was that Anna got an internship at a small publishing house in Seattle. Oh, did she get it? Yeah. Because we did talk about her job interview. Okay. Yeah, she got it. So anyway, that's part of the plot of the next one, because I guess the guy there is a creep. He's a sexual predator. Oh, I bet you he's the one that doesn't read any books past 1950. <laughs> yep, that guy. So he's a, a known philanderer, according to Christian. So there's some drama there, because apparently this guy, his name is Jack, mm-hmm. uh, tries to sabotage Christian Gray's helicopter. <laughs> um, It's like it's turned into some sort of spy movie thing. This is amazing. Like the story is totally taking a different turn. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Robinson <laughs> is in the second book, which is called uh, Fifty Shades Darker, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Who is she? Does they say? Her name is Elena Lincoln. Oh. And uh, Elena and Christian own a salon business together. For <laughs> some- <laughs> Why a salon business? I don't know. Uh, this is all found out. Anna finds this out at a masquerade ball at Christian's parents' house. <laughs> a masquerade. Because rich people are always having masquerade balls. This is amazing. Also, um, Elena gets all jealous when she realizes that Christian sees Anna as a girlfriend and not as a submissive. So she becomes antagonistic towards Anna. Oh, my God. Anyway, so there's... Uh, I don't remember who's Layla Williams. I don't know. She has a gun for some reason. <laughs> um, Jose is still there. Oh, God. Um, and then Christian proposes to Anna, and she accepts, so they're they're engaged. Great. Um, what about the next book? Let's just, uh, <laughs> the, the last line of the plot summary here in Wikipedia says, Outside the Gray's Mansion, Jack Hyde secretly watches the party. He is the one who sabotaged Christian's helicopter. And he has sworn revenge. <laughs> so I bet you that's. I'm uh, enjoying. I'm enjoying this overview of the books far more than I enjoyed the actual first book itself of having the labor of reading it. Yeah, I just uh, love that there's like a there's a helicopter being blown up. Like this is, I don't know. Like it's like some 1980s action television show. Like it's just a crappy <laughs> supply element. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> on to Fifty Shades Freed, the mm-hmm. third in the trilogy, which just looking at the page count, too, these just like Twilight, they get progressively longer. So for some reason, Fifty Shades Freed is almost 600 pages long. Oh, my God. That, I'm so glad. Are you glad we're not reading them? 
I'm so glad. I'm glad that you're not forcing me into it. Twilight, I'm like, after the first or second book, I'm like, hey, can we be done? You're like, no, this is the show. <laughs> so, fine. But uh, this one, I'm glad you're not doing the same thing. Cause yeah, I don't no, I, I don't anymore. This. So anyway, uh, the, the third, Fifty Shades Freed, uh, opens as Anna and Christian are returning to Seattle after a long honeymoon. Okay. Um, Christian's upset that Anna's keeping her maiden name at work. Um, as a belated wedding gift, Christian gives Seattle Independent Publishing to Anna, who plans to rename it Gray Publishing. So what? I don't know. Apparently, the publishing house that she worked at is Christian's out. He gave it to her. I, I don't know. This so is, he must have like not only defeated the guy that tried to blow up his helicopter, but bought out the publishing house from him. I guess so. Yeah, <clears throat> that's like uh, salting the earth after your victory, so that nothing can grow there. <laughs> okay, so this fucking Christ. Um, Christian goes to New York on a business trip, so Anna goes out with her friend Kate for a drink, mm-hmm. which for some reason is against Christian's wishes. I don't know. Um, <sighs> and she reaches this jack-eyed guy from the her creepy former boss is apparently planning on kidnapping her. What is he, like, snidely whiplash? He just keeps coming back. (laughs) Apprehended by security staff, duct tape is found in his pocket, and in his van, he has a van, (laughs) there are (laughs) a ransom note. So... (laughs) Jesus Christ. This is, like, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, Yeah, this is bad. Oh, there's a car accident... Uh, Anna's uh, stepfather Ray is in a coma because of a car accident. Uh, <laughs> I just like that for the rest of the books. This guy is like, you know, that one vampire from uh, Twilight, the vampire woman that keeps hunting after Bella. Like this guy is the replacement of that. Like it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Anna's pregnant. Christian angrily accuses her of getting pregnant on purpose and leaves. <laughs> Are they married? Drunk. Sorry, say that last part again. I talked over you and you got cut up. He returns early the next morning drunk. And whatever. Uh, Sorry, I'm just, I haven't read this before. I'm skimming over the plot summary while I'm reading. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, All right, so Jack Hyde, apparently he didn't get locked up for very long for attempting to kidnap Anna because he's kidnapped Christian's sister Mia Gray and demands <laughs> a million dollars. <laughs> Ridiculous! I love that he's like, like Lex Luthor. Like everyone knows who he is, she's, you just can't find him. Wait, she goes to the bank and gets five million dollars. Like I know that she's rich or whatever, but it's not like the bank just has five million dollars in cash laying around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, in this stupid author's world, that's how it works. Um, <laughs> Well, in this stupid author's world, uh, someone that's been... You know, she's, she's paying this ransom to Jack, and then Jack tries to kill her anyway. I, What the fuck? I just love that in this author's world, uh, the you can be convicted of kidnapping, which is pretty serious, uh, and you can be out in six months and do it again. <laughs> it's completely nuts to me. Like, you'd be in prison for... Years and years and years, if not the rest of your life. So Anna's in the hospital. Christian's there. They decide to reconcile and have the baby, apparently. That's so stupid. Why is the conclusion 
you did it on purpose when they're married. Like, if you're married and you have sex and she gets pregnant, that just happens during marriage. Like, you don't go, you did it on purpose, and, like, storm off. (laughs) (laughs) The next day, a furious Christian discovers from Welsh, I don't know who Welsh is, uh, that Elena, that would be Mrs. Robinson, Elena's ex-husband, Eric Lincoln, has bailed Jack from jail out of spite for her affair with Christian. So (sighs) the sexual predator is back out of jail, even even though he's attempted to kidnap one person, did kidnap another person. And got bailed? You can't get bailed out if if you've been convicted of kidnapping and also suspected of another kidnapping shortly after. You're not going to get bailed out. The judge won't let you have bail. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. This and is then, amazing. Uh, and then eight months later, they have a son named Theodore Raymond Gray. They nicknamed him Teddy. <laughs> uh, a year later, Anna is six months pregnant with her second child, a daughter, whom they decide to name Phoebe. Okay. Oh, oh, and Kate marries Elliot, uh, Christian's brother. So that's nice. And they, they have a daughter as well. This is so bad. I'm so glad we're not reading these. <laughs> At the end... After having BDSM sex, Anna and Christian are getting ready to celebrate Teddy's second birthday with their family and friends. <laughs> and that's what ends on Wikipedia. <clears throat> that is amazing. And I love that Kate still has no purpose except for just kind of being around. and uh, yeah, Being and, Anna's sister-in-law now. And one thing we didn't talk about from <clears throat> uh, these last few chapters, Anna really presses Christian on... which would be the first question and the unrelenting question that should have been happening all through the book, but it's saved towards the end of this book or the first book that she's like, well, who was she? Why did she molest you when you're 15? She's a rapist. And she's saying all this stuff that should have been said the moment he first said it back in like chapter five or 10 or whatever. It's like, wait, a woman raped you and you were her sub. And that's the reason why you're like this now. And that should just be the conversation from there on out. (laughs) Like, you, you know, and he's like defending the woman and stuff because you don't get it. She helped me through a hard time and stuff. And when I was reading that, I'm like, I, I'm sure at some point at the end of this book or maybe in the next book, he's going to explain how she helped him through a hard time. But I don't care. Like, there's nothing about that, that angle. No. It's switch it around where it's a guy molesting a 15 year old girl. And the girl's like, yeah, he really helped me through a hard time. It's like, no. You just got molested at a really young age, and it's just really unfortunate. So I, I love that in what you're reading, she's a major character. <laughs> and her ex-husband is also a major character in the in the stories. It's just amazing. Yeah, I'm going to stick with, uh, we should stick with our plan of not reading those books. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is that it? Have you gone through the entire, um, I actually don't mind reading the synopsis. <laughs> yeah, I think that's enough. I think that sums it up. Okay, well, that's great. Uh, I don't like that they named their daughter Phoebe. That's weird. All right. Well, okay. You got anything else you want to add, Ben? I don't know. Do you want me to read a passage? I was going to say I couldn't find any passages that to read except the sex scene that I took notes on. Would you want to read the gloved hand part, the furry well, hand? Well, no, actually, the, the part I picked out was just after that sex scene. Oh, so okay, the, the aftermath of it. So Go ahead. Uh, so she didn't, Anna wasn't thrilled with how this went. I guess so this is when she's starting to uh, doubt that the things are going to work out. So, mm-hmm. 
Oh, this is a dark morning of the soul for me. I'm so alone. I want my mom. I remember her parting words at the airport. Follow your heart, darling, and please, please try not to overthink things. Relax and enjoy. You are so young, sweetheart. You have so much to experience. Just let it happen. You deserve the best of everything. I did follow my heart, and I have a sore ass and an anguished, broken spirit to show for it. I have to go. That's it. I have to leave. He's no good for me, and I am no good for him. How can we possibly make this work? And the thought of not seeing him again practically chokes me. My 50 shades. Oh, God, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, did you study Louis Anderson before this last read? You've, you've got it almost perfect. No, that's just how it comes out. I, I don't know. That's, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, and the Fifty Shades. It's like she knew the book was like, well, I'm going to end this book without a real cliffhanger. It just ended awkwardly. Uh, and then, But I noticed, like, suddenly su- uh, certain catchphrases of hers were getting plowed through. And then calling him Fifty Shades was like almost every other word. And the Red Room of Pain, or whatever she calls it. It's like all the catchphrases are just being crammed in at the end, and I forgot about that. Like, if I see the word Fifty Shades one more time in here, I'm going to light my Kindle on fire. Uh, well, I'm glad you read that. Yeah. Um, uh, if I ever get in a relationship again and, and have coitus, I'm going to make sure to get a fur glove. <laughs> and I'm also going to make sure that I have all my catchphrases ready, like... Oh, yeah, that feels good. <laughs> like, yeah, give it to me, baby. Like things that people don't say for real. <laughs> or if they do, they're just highly uncreative. <laughs> oh, God. Well, all right. Mm. I guess that's it. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank uh, you. Are we going to record? I guess we're not recording next week. We're going to take a little hiatus. Yeah, I... I'm busy, like, literally every night for the next three weeks or whatever. So uh, I think we should take at least one week off. Are, what are, are we going back to Children's Fair? Is Are we doing the Boxcar Children or Nancy yeah. Drew or something next? Maybe we should do the Boxcar Children because isn't that okay. uh, Ben's Adventure? What is it called? I forget. Uh, Benny, Benny uncovers a mystery or something. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I think we might have to look at uh, Double Dirty... Royalty? Okay. Frenchman? What was it again? I, forget. I don't know. I'll, I'll find it and send you a link. Yeah, maybe we gotta, we got to get back to our roots. Yeah. Because <laughs> venturing off into Fifty Shades uh, was just highly frustrating. I think we got to get back to what we know is good, and that well, is the comedy. Yeah, eventually. But first, we'll do in two weeks the Boxcar Children. Ben yeah. covers a mystery. Yes, yes. All right, well... Until then, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks with uh, Benny uncovering a mystery. Maybe you'll uncover your own mystery about how to get your leg to not be so disgusting. Do you have to wear shorts? Like, do you go out in public with this at all? Yeah, yeah. this morning I walked down to the donut shop two blocks away, and I was wearing shorts and flip-flops. Yeah? Was everyone looking at you like you're a zombie or something? Well, I mean, you can't really see the shorts cover up the, my thighs, and then I'm wearing this immobilizer thing that covers up most of my legs. So the oh. only thing you can really see is girls' purple toes sticking <clears throat> out from my thighs. <laughs> I just love the idea that, like, you're trying to go through a mall, and children are, like, 
you know, screaming and the mothers are covering the children's eyes and you're like, I'm not a monster. <laughs> like just trying to, <laughs> trying to get to like the, uh, like the, the yoga pants store. What would that be? Lulu, Lululemon. Lululemon. <laughs> yeah, you're trying yeah. to get to Lululemon to get some of those yoga pants because the only thing you can put over your dead leg. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right. I think we're done. Bye. Yeah. All right, bye.